Welcome to Dork Game Desperate, your place for all things fantasy and sci-fi. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host... Travis! Travis! And with a special returning co-host today, The Omen. Hello. Hi, Omen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I recently heard that um, your cave caved in. Yeah, it was a mudslide, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's tough. So where are you at nowadays? Uh, so because of the mudslide, this was actually completely accidental, um, but it flooded my cave. Of course, everything caved in, but the water and the mud and everything uh, just picked up all of my stuff and me, Yeah, uh, transferred me to a local swamp. So now I've just relocated somewhat accidentally, um, but uh, I am here now just in the swamp. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, how are the bugs in the swamp? Uh, taste-wise or just taste-wise? Taste-wise? Yeah. Um, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'd say they're they're much more hard to find. Uh, ah. As, you know, in the cave, I can dig around, use some tools, but uh, in the swamp, you just have to learn to adapt a little bit more to just all the wet and uh, yeah. squelching and all that stuff. So, so my <laughs> recommendation is, so you want to write this down. First, mm-hmm. create a nest. Okay. Um, for eggs, right? Yeah. Then what I want you to do is I want you to find an alligator or crocodile. I don't know which one is mm-hmm. in there, yeah. but I want you to find one of them, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want you to find their nest, and I want you to wait until they lay an egg. Right. And then I want you to go steal one, only one of the eggs, all right? Okay. Steal yeah. one of the eggs, take it back to your nest, mm-hmm. sit on the egg, incubate it, until it hatches, and then raise it as your own mm. alligator, because then it can help hunt for you right, right. and everything in yeah, there. I could even hold it in my mouth like the alligators normally yes, do. Yes, yes. Yeah. I absolutely 100% recommend this for you. Okay. Yeah. I want to let you know that <laughs> is already a Florida man story. <laughs> so, is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's hysterical. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, Travis. What are we covering today? We are covering... Wow. We are covering Puss in Boots. Uh, I don't remember the actual title. Just Puss uh, in Boots. The Last the Wish. The Last Wish. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We podcast. We, we podcasted here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. Surprisingly, very good. I don't... Probably, dear listener, you were probably like me. Who wrote it off as a cash grab, a sequel, something that I really don't really have to care about at all. Yeah, I remember hearing about it coming out. I'm like, yeah, there are other movies I want to see. I'm probably not going to see this one. Apparently, it's a sequel, too. Yeah, I never saw the first one. I never saw the first one. I didn't realize it was a sequel until after I watched this one. (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to be honest, I don't think it could stand on its own. Like, Boots, Mm -hmm. The Last Wish. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's right. That's right. I was thinking like ninth wish because the I, ninth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because yeah, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. whole like yeah, 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 nine yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, really good. I'm gonna get out my stuff here because I don't think I'm gonna be too much of an educational person on this <laughs> episode. But I cried or teared up at least at least three times. Uh, yeah. Really loved. There, I don't think there was a single point where I was bored. Yeah. Um, mm. I was entertained the entire way through. It was super good. Can't believe it's a Puss in Boots movie that was that good. Uh, or just, it's like, 
if Aladdin had three sequels and then they focused on the genie for two movies, which honestly might actually be possible, but the second mm. genie movie blows almost all the rest of them out of the park. Mm. Yeah, now I'm worried that you just gave the Disney execs an idea. I mean, I already gave them the. <laughs> yeah. I already predicted the Halo stuff, so. Oh yeah, that's fair. Uh-huh. <laughs> you did predict that. <laughs> I uh, wish I didn't. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> Omen, what about for you? What were just kind of your first general impressions of of the movie? Yeah, so um, uh, one of my friends actually invited me to. It was a surprise to mm-hmm. watch the Puss in Boots movie. I was going to go watch it by myself, but I was like, hey. Another person is there, yeah. Um, and I was so I was going to watch it anyways. Yeah, well, um, I imagine out in the swamp, you probably don't get a lot of visitors. Yeah, you know, there's not there's not great reception either. Yeah. I'm still working stuff out, right? Uh, with yeah. the cable companies and all that. Um, Pretty but, sure he found a knife with a paper on it saying "Meet me at the movie." <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, they just throw it in there and wait for me to find it. Uh huh. Um, there's there's a bunch of them out there he still hasn't found. And people are disappointed that because they were waiting. They're like, he's he's got to be here. It's yeah. luck of the draw. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I first watched the movie, for sure, I was blown away. Mm. Um, I've seen all the Shreks. Uh, maybe not the Christmas specials. I don't know if I've seen all of those. But um, I've seen the first Puss in Boots. Uh, I watched it twice. And this one as well. I've, I watched it twice. Um and the first time I saw everything, I, I thought I did at least. Second time I saw even more. Um, the amount of depth that they've put into this movie is mm-hmm. unreasonable. Um, yeah, like every character that is on the screen has uh, reason to be there, uh, mm-hmm. has their own story. Um, of course, there are uh, background characters and all that jazz, but um, everything uh, contributes to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, everything works together in that mm-hmm. world. There's nothing that felt like it was out of place necessarily which is strange i suppose talking about a you know kids movie about magic talking animals and things like that but uh it's very common you know for for there to be scenes where it's like eh, i don't know if that really fits in continuity there's Mm -hmm, maybe one mm -hmm. uh and we can talk about that i suppose later but it's where the there's a whole bunch of bleeps and cursing and stuff i thought that was a little weird um but that is literally the only scene that I thought this is weird. Yeah, uh, in a in a kids movie about magic talking animals, which was cool. Um, yeah, and but I think the lessons that every character learns are uh, very well executed. Um, like the way that they learn is excellent. The way mm-hmm. that they grow is excellent, and every character does grow. Mm-hmm. Um, every character has a moment where they're like, you know what, this is what I have to do. This is what I did in the past, and they're challenged by the other characters. So just a beautiful movie. Uh, yeah. visually, thematically, um, and even sound design-wise. Uh, they have an anime fight at the end. It's incredible. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so mm-hmm. excellent movie. Yeah, I uh, am also in agreement. I, I have not met a person who watched this movie and went, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't met that person. I'm sure you're out there, listener. Uh, if you are out there, listener, please email us at dorkyanddesperate. <laughs> At gmail.com and let us know why you think this movie is mid. Or don't because you have a bad opinion. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. We want to do that so we can blast them. Yeah, I want to read their email. On, I mean, I don't want to read their email on, on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but I thought, um, you know, it was something really cool. I think, Travis, I talked to you about this after we watched it because we went. Mm-hmm. on a mandate together and uh, watched it bromance yeah blossoming. 
we shared popcorn together uh-huh. and i think at one point our fingers touched and it was a magical moment a uh, magical buttery moment yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um but the the art style it had this cool mixture of um, 3D and 2D animation. Yeah, it reminded me of the Spider-Verse, honestly, yes. when I was watching it. Yeah, I think that's where they got inspired from, mm-hmm. was the Spider-Verse. Which I would love if more people do that and do that yeah, well. That was so cool. I really enjoyed that. I noticed the 2D hand-drawn stuff more in like, the action, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought it just gave the action a very different kind of feel to it that I really liked. Yeah, I love uh, the... Um, there's so many different blends. Like There is that fantasy element there but then there's also this like western wanted vibe mm-hmm. that they give off and like you see every time they introduce a character you see the bounty uh and the wanted poster for mm-hmm. that character yeah. on yeah. it which is really cool i like how it's like all of these different factions trying to go after the same thing and competing with each other mm-hmm. and the twists and turns that that takes yeah. that was super fun uh and then just the uh, the songs, the creativity. Uh, when we talk about what was it, the Enchanted Forest or the Dark Forest? I dark Forest. The Dark Forest. I love that and how they used the map to like reveal people's hearts mm-hmm. uh, yep. inside of it. And then you know, Omen, you kind of alluded to this. Just the journey that all of these characters went on. Like they were all so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so good and like you were talking about there's a lot of depth a lot of heart in this movie um what really i think makes a good movie is when you can articulate and express basic core human emotions that we can all identify with Mm -hmm. and and that and with this one i really like it because without going into spoilers just yet um, it has to do a lot about fear and mm-hmm. overcoming our fear mm-hmm. kind of thing, which I thought, man, that's such a relatable concept for all of us. Uh, yeah, so I, I loved it too. So if you don't want, if for some reason you've been living in a swamp like Omen has and you haven't seen this movie, I would honestly recommend you don't listen to this podcast. Uh, yes. Go out and watch it. Go out and watch it. Uh, Enjoy it. Just go. Don't get spoiled. Yeah, don't get spoiled mm-hmm. at, at all. It's it's a special movie. I well, I think one of the things I I said to you, Travis, after I got out, we got out of the theater was, I said something along the lines of, "This reminded me of why I even go to the movies." Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was a good experience. Like, yeah, it really was. Honestly, I think it was better than Avatar Two. Not to be real, <laughs> no, but pretty much because Avatar Two was too stinking long. It was one of those movies where I'm like, "Are we done yet?" Kind of thing. Yeah. So I anyway, think, we're not going to talk about yeah, Avatar Two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're not going to go like, down that rabbit hole. Hot take. <laughs> I, was, I was about take, to, but you're take. right. Um, <laughs> I was right. I was right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the way that we're kind of kind of structure uh, this episode out is we're going to talk about the different acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie, the the three act structure that at least I saw in it, um, and then we're gonna talk go into more of like the um, the, the character arcs. Yeah, the individual mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. yeah, individual characters and their arcs. And, and then we're take. gonna end with dying, right? Kind of. Yes, you're not wrong. We're gonna end it with some death. <gasps> sweet, sweet death. Um, yeah. So starting off. Um, you know, 
um, we're not going to do everything scene by scene kind of thing, but just the way the movie starts off, it's very bombastic and colorful. Um, we have Puss in Boots partying with everyone in the apparently the governor's mansion, which is hysterical. Right. Uh, and everybody's having a blast. And then the governor comes in, obviously upset. Well, I actually don't blame the governor. Yeah, I know I, they were I trying would. to make him look like a bad guy and everything, but I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> these people burglarized your home. Like, you have, yeah. you have a right to be upset. But he was super corrupt. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. But <laughs> um, so the governor and his soldiers fight Puss in Boots. And of course, Puss in Boots is winning. But then uh, fireworks go off. It wakes up this giant stone. Earth elemental kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Earth giant elemental. Yeah. It's huge. It's a mountain, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point in time, I really wasn't thinking that much of this movie. Um, I was like, oh. okay, you know, it's like typical stuff that we've yeah, yeah, seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Puss in Boots starts to fight the giant. And I really love all the visuals, mm-hmm. the unique camera angles that they did. It was so cinematic. You would have these, like shots where the camera's just kind of like sweeping around following uh puss as he's like you know swinging through the air and jumping and all this kind of stuff oh the the spanish finger splint thing mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah oh, that yeah. that hurt to watch yeah. <laughs> Splinter, yeah. yeah um and so but here what what the show is establishing is that here is puts in boots the he's living out the legend of himself mm-hmm. right he's larger than life he has no fear and he says multiple times i laugh in the face of death yep. kind of thing mm-hmm. um and omen you brought this up and i kind of wanted you to share a little bit about this yep. with the, sometimes they show shots of the crowd watching mm-hmm. puss and boots as he's fighting the yep. giant what was kind of unique about one of those shots so one of the shots where uh, it's daytime. Everybody's just out and about. Puss in Boots is fighting the giant. Um, and, of course, there's it's just a spectacle, uh, which is, I think is pretty cool because everybody else plays it up just as much almost as Puss in Boots does, at least to, in he the way he perceives it. Yeah. Everyone else is just his biggest cheerleader. Um, but one of the people in that crowd is wearing a hood, uh, is literally a wolf, um, and has two two, uh, two sides. See that exactly. So yeah. it's it's a very minute detail, but on second watch, uh, it, it's very clear. He's in the top left corner. It's just Depp. He's just sitting there chilling. Yeah, he's um, just watching. And later in the movie, yeah, yeah, which is cool because and later in the movie, one of the things that Dust says is, "I've been there every time. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been watching you this whole time since mm-hmm. even before this movie began. I've been watching you, yep. kind of thing." So it's cool to see that element. In there with it, yeah. So this is important because we need to we need to set Puss up for the fall mm-hmm. kind of thing because there's a big fall that happens. So after the the, the battle, um, Puss is at the bar. He's uh, he orders a shot of milk, which mm-hmm. I absolutely uh, love. Heavy, heaviest cream. <laughs> yeah, with that. Yeah, that's cream. what it was. <laughs> and you just see him going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then. Uh, a wolf comes and he sits right next down mm-hmm. to um, Puss, and I think he introduces himself, or maybe Puss comes to the conclusion that he's a bounty hunter because Death lays down the bounty mm-hmm. on him, that wanted poster that you see for all of them. 
So Puss is still like cocky and arrogant and all of this stuff. As he should be. <laughs> sure, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Death is just, you know, he's kind of calm and nonchalant. He's like, no one has ever escaped me before and you won't either kind of thing. And Puss is like, well, you've never met me. Uh, and so Puss draws out his sword and immediately it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Wolf just slaps it away. And then the camera cuts back to the wolf and he's still just drinking his mm-hmm. drink. Not even like, he hasn't broken a sweat yet kind of thing. And, and Puss is shook it up and he's like, he runs over, he grabs the sword because it's stuck in a piece of wood. He pulls it out and then he challenges the wolf again. And the wolf just goes crazy. He pulls out these two sides. His eyes are like glowing this intense red uh, and he's fighting and he's like loving it. And he's destroying Puss. Puss is like doing everything that he can. To he's just... insulting him too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tell, mm-hmm. tell us more about that. Yeah. So as he starts fighting, he um, is Puss and Boots is swinging and everybody else, Puss and Boots either destroys them, mm-hmm. um, insults them by, you know, cutting up their clothes, things like that. Um, or he gets knocked away as with the giant and then it just doesn't hurt. And he comes yeah. back in swinging, right? And he's, yeah. he's just flaunting. Ah, look at how graceful I am and mm-hmm, how that mm-hmm. really didn't even leave a scratch. Right. But with death, he swings and death says, slow. Yeah. Sloppy. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so it's suddenly he's just thrust with this inadequacy of mm-hmm. you're bad. Yeah. Uh, and death, in, he's, death is a bigger target. He's mm-hmm. maybe... Eight times as big as Puss in Boots, yeah. but he's still dodging his thin rapier mm-hmm. you know, uh, with ease. Yeah. So that's a really cool scene. Yeah. yeah, it's a really cool scene. And then we see something. I don't know if we've ever seen this with Puss before. He gets terrified. He drops his sword and he just runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is because, though, uh, he got injured enough by the giant mm-hmm. that the doctor is like, you're on your last life, yep. Puss in Boots. Mm-hmm. You've uh, used up yeah. all eight of your other lives. Yeah, yeah prior to, like, to the, him going to the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, here's this like note, this doctor's note to go to uh, an old lady for her to adopt yeah. you kind of thing. Live yeah. out the rest of your yeah. life in peace. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really cool because the doctor basically says, this is your last chance. Yeah. And he plants that idea into Puss in Boots' mind. I guess we can just call him Puss. Into Puss's mind. Um, and then death comes, and it's, as, as previously stated, that inadequacy of suddenly there's a guy who's not just bigger than you, he's also scary, and he's just better than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the movie, something that I like that we'll, I'll kind of briefly talk about is that most of the characters are here for the wish. Uh, mm-hmm. And we can talk about the wish aspect a little later, but they're here for that one objective. Death is here for puss yeah mm-hmm. that's and, it yeah, he cares yeah, nothing it. about the wish yeah. mm-hmm. and so that introduces not only that again that inadequacy but just straight fear yeah that he hasn't experienced yeah. before yeah so. his relentlessness with it i agree uh although it was really funny watching all of the deaths that puss mm-hmm. had uh mm-hmm. i was reading some stuff they had like storyboarded like 60 something different ideas of how mm. puss died and then settled on those yeah, eight buff puss yeah buff puss i like the uh one where he eats what was it that um he was allergic it was to shrimp yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just like, swells up shrimp in it? he just keeps eating it <laughs> yeah <laughs> those were really funny um i really like that the one with um 
gingerbread man where he's like baking the oven and it's just like torches up when he opens the oven Uh, yeah really funny stuff in there so yeah puss is terrified and he just straight up runs uh never seen that before the the way that he runs as well is very significant um, mm. and really painted that this is the lowest he's ever been. Yeah. Because death chases him into uh, like a bathroom. Right. And he he can't grab his sword. Death says, pick it up. Yeah. And he, he it, up. Uh, it shows something I really liked about the, uh, this part in particular is that it shows a hair standing up mm-hmm. on his arm like, like a cat would. Right. But it's just a visual representation that makes it easier for us, the audience, to see. Oh, that's not normal. Yeah. I've never seen this on Puss in Boots right. before. Yeah. But then when Death chases him into the bathroom, he does his signature whistle. But Puss in Boots looks around for an exit, and the only place he can leave is through the toilet. Yeah. It's and it's it's demoralizing, it's denigrating, yeah. It's literal crap. Yeah. That he has to escape through. And so it's the absolute lowest that he has been where he has to come up through the sewers. I think that's so cool right there like i really Mm do that is so cool so anyways he runs and flees in the night in the rain and he ends up at the lady's house Mm -hmm. Uh, but before he goes in he essentially because he's trying to wrestle with everything he's just gone through he's like well uh puss in boots is dead now uh Mm -hmm. and he he buries the clothes as Mm -hmm. if it was himself he was burying right outside the house and then he goes in and uh i like this because it just really like he starts to grow this like hobo beard out Mm -hmm. (laughs) while he's there uh i that lady i'm probably going to become that lady when i'm in my 60s Mm -hmm. and just have a house full of cats (laughs) (laughs) i know it's not going to be well guys (laughs) life is going to be hard to me (laughs) Um, but i i love it just because cats are really funny animals Mm -hmm. and like they play it up all the time uh of like him having the first time he's had to use the litter box and he's mm-hmm. like so this is where pride goes to die yeah. <laughs> you know um mm-hmm. or like he's trying to like cook himself breakfast and the lady's like no here's your yeah. food and he, he has to eat this like dry nasty yeah. kibble stuff that kind of stuff and then he has to like sleep on top of all these other cats Mm -hmm. and you just see how like depressed and miserable Mm -hmm. he looks with it but then eventually as the montage continues to go on you just see him kind of accept it and he just looks almost just completely checked out like he's not even there anymore he's just going through the motions of things eating the cat food using the litter box while other cats are just staring at him. There's a line. Thing. There's a line for a litter box too. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. I find it weird. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like all of this stuff, it was uh, sad from like a character perspective, but also just really funny from right. like a viewer's perspective. Yeah. And then we meet a new character. Do you guys remember who this new character is? Scrappy Doo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's fair. Uh, yeah, Scrappy Doo. Uh, do you remember his name? Uh, I can't do the rolling R. I think it was Perro or something like that. Perrito. Yeah, I'm just gonna call him Perro. Yeah, that's dog in Spanish, but like when you have the Ito, it means little. So little dog. Yeah, he was hysterical 
in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's disguised as a cat mm-hmm. because he was homeless and knew that this lady would take him in if he was a cat. And it's a chihuahua, which I, I love that because chihuahuas basically are the dog version of a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. Uh, so he meets Pero. And, and how would you guys describe Pero? Bright. Not... Eh. So when I say bright, I don't mean smart. Yeah, no, um, he's very much the opposite of right. that. Right. Um, but just personality-wise, um, bright, ignorant, um, thinks everybody wants to be his friend. Uh, extremely trusting and loyal to a right. fault. Extremely. Um, mm-hmm. He did know, the, the only time that I had seen him be wary of someone was when he was wary that the cat lady would recognize that he wasn't a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was pretty much it. I think yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the only yeah. time that I saw him have some street smarts, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but every other time it was, uh, you know, um, put some boots leaving him behind. He's like, wait, put some boots. You forgot me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. still here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And we'll get more into his backstory when we do like the character arc stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what you really need to know from this is this is where he meets with Pero. Uh, and, and then this is probably where Act 1 ends, and then we transition into Acts 2, because now we get introduced to a new element, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I stinking love this yes. version of Goldilocks mm-hmm. and the yeah. Three Bears. It was so good. I, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was not expecting them to go to the crime route for... <laughs> the crime Gold- boss family? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, it's cool, too, like, just how they introduce him because the bears look very menacing. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, riding uh, either the mom or the dad, I forget which, uh, in it. But that's where uh, Acts 2 is really the beginning of it is that call to action. Because now it introduces the idea of there's this magic star that can grant any person one wish. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... Puss gets it in his head, I can wish for my nine lives back, Mm -hmm. essentially, so that he doesn't have to be afraid of death anymore. Um, And so that's where he goes, and he takes off on his journey. Uh, We start to meet the other characters as well. Um, Kitty Softpaws Mm -hmm. is uh, Mm -hmm. the love interest of the story. Recurring character. Yeah. Yeah, She was apparently in the first movie. Oh, was she? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I I never saw it, so. Yeah, I didn't realize (laughs) that until I was told later, so. Yeah, yeah. You might need to tell us more about that in that character (laughs) arc thing, because that probably would be good Mm -hmm. good for us to know. But uh, you also, uh, Jack Horner, Mm -hmm. which honestly, Jack Horner is probably my favorite character. He's the the person who got his thumb stuck in the pie. Yeah. Pulled out a plum and da, 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 da. Yeah. Him and Jiminy Cricket. In my opinion, the funniest scenes <laughs> in the whole movie. You're uh, a monster! <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I really got my work cut out with this yeah. one. Um, uh, yeah, so Jack Horner and the Baker's Dozen. <laughs> um, yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love the Baker's Dozen, too. Like his so own like bodyguard hit, hit squad kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, so you have these like three competing elements who are all going after the same wishing star. Mm-hmm. Jack Horner also collects magical items, I'm pretty yes. sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, he ha- he's rich, too, because he owns a huge pie like business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he when he's packing up to go on this adventure, 
he has like tons of different magic items and a ton of different references to like all these other movies. Oh yeah, well shows. even the bag itself I think was like Mary Poppins. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, can't believe he collects unicorn baby horns. <laughs> yeah, the baby horns. Baby <laughs> it's not even just unicorn horns. horns. It's not even unicorn horns. <laughs> it's unicorn baby, baby horns. I'm pretty sure they're also like, these creatures are some of the nicest benevolent creatures. Like, yeah, I, I kill the babies and take no. their horns. <laughs> yeah. the, the baby's horns are sharper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love Jack Horner. He's hysterical in it. Yeah, so you have Jack Horner, Goldilocks, and Kitty Softpaws all competing with uh, uh, Puss to mm-hmm. get the wishing star. Yep. So anyways, um, there's a whole bunch of hijinks and stuff. But essentially, long story short, Puss is able to get the map. And he has this temporary alliance with Kitty Softpaws to go to the Dark Force and find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody goes into the dark force it's a race the map switches hands lots of times and every time somebody grabs the map the whole force changes to reflect the person's personality mm-hmm. which but my favorite was peros yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah peros. it was all good stuff essentially. Yeah, it was but all as sweet, soon as wonderful. like people challenged those areas it turned nightmare yeah nightmarish yeah like <laughs> was... i was i think <clears throat> this really uh Unex- the first unexpected part I feel like for me was in that forest of uh, flowers. Yeah. Uh, after they leave, um, and where Jack you had to like stop group- and smell the roses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Jack Horner's group goes in when one of the plants just comes down on someone, and it comes back up, and there's just a skeleton remaining. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. I was not expecting this. Yeah. In a yeah kids movie for yeah for a kids thing. movie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit more mature than an average one, but I could yeah. still see kids enjoying it. Yeah, because for other scenes, there were times when, like, when Jack shot the unicorn horns at people, it was, hey, confetti. Mm-hmm. But yeah. with that flower scene, it was like, oh, he's he's dead. He's dead. dead. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very dead. straight up dead. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it changes hands a, a lot, and there's a lot of stuff. The wolf will still show up. Death will still show up. Um, I forget exactly where he reveals that he is literally death. It's um, in the Cave of Shinies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mirrors and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that you do see occurring throughout the movie is um, puts Puss having panic attacks, mm-hmm. which I thought that was really cool to put that into Very a, cool. a kid's yes. movie because it really is reflective of like what's going on inside of him. A very realistic way to approach the character arc in a fantastical setting, mm-hmm. um, which I really like that. And so on one hand, um, he has another encounter with death and he, uh, he gets terrified and he just runs, he abandons everyone and he just runs again. Like he did that first night he met death. Um, but Pero sees him running and he follows, uh, and he see, finally catches up with Puss, and Puss is laying up against a tree, having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. He's asking what's wrong. Puss can't respond because he's just freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then probably one of the sweetest moments the moments in this movie, this actually made me tear up a little mm-hmm. bit because I had a little chihuahua, and she would do this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pero went up to him, and he just rested his head on top of um, Puss, and Puss... Mm-hmm. Just started petting him, and you could see Puss starting to like calm down mm-hmm. and relax. And so this is where I think you transition out of Act Two into Act Three because you see 
puts setting aside the bravado and the legend of puss and boots and he's just puss Mm -hmm. and he's like i was afraid and terrified Mm -hmm. i was petrified yeah you know he opens up about uh kitty and their relationship and what he did to Mm -hmm. her that kind of stuff so you see him actually like starting to deal with his issues and start him transitioning and starting to work on overcoming these things that he's just pushed off to the side because other parts of the movie you would see even in in his heyday when he's like it's all fame and glitz and everybody loves him yeah it was all in those moments but everything outside the moment he was just sad and alone Mm -hmm. um and so they would show you flashbacks of that as well which i i really like that Mm -hmm. too um and so you transition into the um, third act, which is him learning how to be vulnerable and learning how to conquer his own fear uh, with it, which uh, one big moment is when he goes into that crystal cave and mm-hmm. he encounters all the past yep. lives of mm-hmm. himself. Who trash him. Yeah. yeah. They roast him alive. Yeah. They, they're like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. We're not this guy at all. Yeah. Like, they can't relate. Uh-huh. and everything and you see for a while like puss starting to get like hyped up and back into the old mindset uh-huh. again and then who comes in to <laughs> smash literally smash the party yeah <laughs> yeah uh death. death uh death is just such a cool thing i can't wait for us to talk more about death cool. and everything yeah. um but yeah so <clears throat> puss ends up running away again and um it all culminates to like they're finally at the wishing star everyone's there Mm -hmm. and they're all fighting for it um stuff happens with goldilocks that we'll save for the character arc Mm -hmm. and same with jack horner um all of them stuff happens uh but it ends with a duel between puss and death what i really like about this was so in the first duel you get this really cool shot of Death holding his sides in like a crisscross in front of him. Yes. And you see the reflection of um, Puss's eyes in terror mm-hmm. uh, in the sides. Yeah. And then in this one, it's the opposite because Puss is no longer afraid of death. That fear is no longer holding him back because he has something to live for now. Mm-hmm. And now it's reversed and it's the wolf's eyes being reflected in the sides and the fear that he has mm. with it. So they have this really cool, awesome looking battle. It's super intense. They like f- death, like sets this like flame ring around them so that puss can't escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ends with death actually respecting puss and going, I came down here to fight this arrogant entitled cat and I don't see him here anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason for me to fight anymore. Yeah. And then he just kind of leaves. Yeah. A really good excuse to be like, oh, I'm not going to win this fight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> well, no, because he's like, I think there's a line where Dust says, you, you know I'll be back, right? Yeah. And Puss yeah. is like, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. And I'll be waiting. <laughs> but I thought it was really, it was really cool, powerful movie. And Puss decides he no longer needs the wish anymore because mm-hmm. and this is really where everything is kind of culminating to is uh if you live your life right one life is enough mm-hmm. uh and that's kind of the lesson that he takes away from it uh yeah so 
that's kind of it for like the different arcs that I've seen. Any kind of comments from you guys about that before we move on to, or the different acts before we move on to the arcs? Mm. So I was trying to figure out the arcs, and really all I could think of like is scenes, I guess, rather than arcs. So I was thinking, like, okay, so the first arc's going to be um, them in the town and meeting Jack Horner and stealing the map. And the second arc would be uh, in the for in the forest itself kind of thing, all that. And then the third part would be at the wish site itself. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking like more of like the settings. Yeah. I, I realized that after that, but I was like, Oh, I'm thinking more of a setting situation. Cause mm-hmm. it, it is a huge shift each time. Yeah. In that is. regard too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Because it's basically going from an urban area to a wilderness area to a more magical, if yeah. you will, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah for sure i can see that um i think the first arc would probably be where puss in boots is first challenged by death that's like mm-hmm. the death of the hero persona mm. um especially since he's our main character i think that's probably the first uh, yeah. big sort of climactic part yeah um, that's when you see a first big change in yeah. Um, yeah and then i would say uh kind of as you were saying travis as we transition into the woods that's where everyone's inadequacies are exposed or everybody's fears are kind of exposed to a certain degree um, where Puss is challenged, Kitty Softpaws reveals sort of what she's wanted this whole time and hasn't had, which we can talk about as we go deeper into mm-hmm. characters. Um, Goldilocks and the three bears even, I think more on the mama and baby side, they learn and grow in that situation. Um, Daddy Bear is kind of, kind of there. He's just chilling. Yeah. Um, I'm here for an adventure. Yeah. Um, but then as they get to the star, that's where mm-hmm. everybody really amps up the growing aspect yeah. um, and changes. So, yeah, I would, I would agree with that as well. Kind of the first uh, confrontation with death and then into the woods and then basically, well, not out of the woods, um, maybe in a figurative sense, but um, into final the destination. final destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm basing it on the transition from the fall of the hero, the discovery of vulnerability, and then learning the, to master those feelings of mm-hmm. fear. Yeah. Yeah, so there's different ways that you can look at it to kind of break that up. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. that. So let's dive into like more of the character arcs because right. uh, I know you, Omen, had a lot of thoughts Definitely. on that as well so which one would you like to start with first hmm i think the i think it might be good to start with not the least impactful character but the character that grows the least which is jack horner uh, <laughs> my favorite character right um, you're a boss or what, 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 what took you so long yeah, I, would, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely love that scene because um, especially when jiminy cricket just realizes because he's like that's horrible. Your wish is horrible. <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> yeah. But I love it too because like everybody's sharing like their sad backstory mm-hmm. and everything. And yeah. the Jack Horner stares in. He's like, yeah, I just grew up having everything that I ever wanted and yeah. two loving parents. And it was so in hard. A <laughs> yeah, in a mansion. Which is and, very weird to what the flashback <laughs> was because I guess what was he doing with the um, – with the thumb in oh, my so thing. I, I can tell you that. So he was inheriting the family business. Okay. And his parents were putting basically putting him out there to get exposure to start his own um, 
like arc, I suppose, in okay. that business because they they were they are pie sales people yeah right yeah, 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 and yeah. so it's like all right you're going to be a part of our business this is how you're a part of our business yeah mm-hmm. um and so he was out there to sell more pies mm-hmm. um yeah and the thing about jack horner um that i only really realized the second time that i watched is is why he wants what he wants um so this is where pinocchio's cameo comes into play mm-hmm. um pinocchio was uh, over at a second booth jack horner was over here selling pies i don't remember what pinocchio was selling but i think yeah. it was just i think he was just performing yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um so jack horner is over here he does a little nursery rhyme of little jack horner something corner sticking his pie sticking a thumb in a pie something i don't remember yeah, what yeah, it was yeah, yeah. yeah we don't we don't we don't like right yeah, yeah yeah um but he's doing that and then no everybody's you know he gets one or two coins over here Pinocchio, on the other hand, um, is over here just breakdancing, spinning, like turning his neck around because he's a wooden puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's like, yo, that is hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you're just throwing money at him. Uh, and is it Geppetto is the name of the, his creator? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Geppetto was there. He's just like just ranking it, raking in the coins and all that yeah. stuff. He has a boom box. Um, so Jack Horner looks at that and he says, the only reason that you are making what you're making um, and taking the profits that I could be making is because you have magic. Yeah. That's the only reason that you are as advanced uh, as you are. Um, And so because of that childhood experience, he says, I want the magic. Mm -hmm. So any creature that has magic, I want that. And so that's sort of what inspires his killing and yeah because the magic magic is what makes you special and people want to be around you if you have magic exactly look at all this magic i have on shelves Mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah Yeah, so so overcompensating for his own insecurities exactly yeah exactly and so but he sees it in every it's funny because almost every creature that he meets in the story has magic puss Mm -hmm. in boots is a magic talking cat yeah Um, and it's it's cool because they just introduce a new almost a new mechanic of if they talk, that means they are magic. And that's something I think most movies haven't really explained of, well, why does this cat talk and the rest of them are literally just cats? Yeah, yeah. Um, like but it's because they're magic. Like in that old lady's home, like I realized, like, yep. oh, talking cats are not normal. Right. Like, talking animals are not normal right. in this universe. Even uh, Perrito, he's like, oh, you're a talking cat? Because okay. he's surprised. Yeah. Because most are not. Yeah. Um, and so Jack Horner is introduced to Puss in Boots and Kitty Softpaws and the Three Bears and the dog, Perito, um, and all of them have magic. Uh, so he goes on this journey um, and he's constantly challenged by this thing that makes him feel insecure. And which he's is, beaten by those things right. constantly, yes, too. Yes, exactly. Uh, and even, even maybe even Jiminy Cricket, because he's a magic uh, cricket uh-huh. um, that he had on his shoulder. So maybe that's why he didn't even get through to him, because he's like, well, here's another magic guy that's on my shoulder. Just saying, it'll be okay, just be better. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was really cool, um, that they didn't just make him evil for evil's sake. Yeah. Um, I think that he was kind of a neutral evil, honestly. He's he's not re- he's not really out there to hurt anybody. He's just there to build himself up. Um well, he's he's what if we were to take it to like um, a clinical level, mm-hmm. he's what we would cl- um, diagnose as antisocial personality disorder, mm-hmm. uh, because he it's not that he doesn't have feelings because mm-hmm. he does. He feels sad and he gets jealous and he gets happy and he gets angry. He, he experiences the wide range of emotions, but everything is about himself. So it's. And he has no regard for other people. 
Uh, and it's like, Absolutely so, not. yeah, so it's a mixture of like just pure narcissism and um, antisocial personality yeah. disorder is what he has. So if you take it from that perspective, then, then yeah, he's not quote unquote evil mm-hmm. with it. But I love in this film how when you have all these different shades of gray, mm-hmm. he's just unapologetically bad (laughs) he he does not feel any sadness or remorse Mm -hmm. about who he is as a person using the baker's dozen for whatever (laughs) from like just walking on them yeah Yeah. out of all the characters in this movie he is the only one that has no character growth (laughs) at all jack horner is jack horner from the beginning Mm -hmm. to the end jack horner Um, thing to do i think it's something that something else that's really cool about the jiminy cricket dynamic yeah um, that i thought was really cool was that um they still uh they didn't admonish jack's behavior Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't just played for laughs because it was funny um but they introduced a character essentially whose role was to tell the audience no this is still bad yeah this this isn't good like it may be funny and stuff Uh but he's still an evil dude (laughs) yeah um (laughs) and so having him well yeah because jiminy cricket is the conscience he's the the moral conscience yeah Yeah. and so it was it was really cool that they introduced him even just at the time that they introduced him because they didn't have him there at the beginning yeah but it was just really cool that they introduced him and he said no actually that's trash. That's not good. You're horrible. Your <laughs> yeah. wish is horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, because his wish is like for all the magic in the world, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's like that's all the magic like, in the world. Yeah. And then at the end, the one who stops Jack, even it, it finally, like um, at the end, is Jiminy Cricket because he burns the map yeah. with, a, with a phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was a really cool way to introduce. No, actually. This is bad. You yeah. should not want this. Uh, you know, yeah. in a in a kind of subtle way. So I think that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, Jack Horner was a very interesting, kind of refreshing character. Yeah, I think so too. To to be honest, uh, yeah. Um, and how did he? Uh, he died, didn't he? A little bit. Well, I mean, they didn't show it. But I'm trying to remember, like, what was his demise like? Because I remember the burning of the map. Yeah. And he's still, like, trying to put it together and, like, make the wish. But then something happens, right? Like, well, he turned himself into Big Jack Horner. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Um, he took the... Because he fell in Mary Poppins' bag. Magic yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he took the that's Alice in the, Wonderland oh, snack. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Alice in Wonderland snack to make himself huge so uh-huh. he could get yep. out of the bag mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everything. But the... Uh, I don't remember exactly how it started to collapse, but... Um, I think maybe once they ripped the map uh-huh. into three pieces and the star started to fall in on itself, he was in the middle of oh, the star. Oh, yeah, and he got like sucked into yeah. it or something like what that. What I yeah. really liked, a small, like a really subtle detail that I don't know if they did on purpose or not, was when he was falling, he had his thumb up, <laughs> and it was he put his thumb down <laughs> as if he was putting it in the pie, but it was also just really funny because it was like the inverse of the Terminator. Yes, thing. yeah. Because so, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Terminator yeah. keeps his thumb, thumb up, up, but Jack put his thumb, thumb down. down. He's like, no, <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so good. Um, yeah. Uh, and then um, another one, too, that was a big one was uh, Goldilocks. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised at the character development they yeah, did for Goldilocks cool. and the mm-hmm, Three Bears mm-hmm. with it. Do you want to go a little bit more into that one? Absolutely. Um, so first, I just thought, as we've mentioned previously, the way that they showed, like portrayed these characters, excellent. 
excellent yes. twist on just you know yeah you know these innocent oh mm-hmm. but no they're actually like crime people they just do crimes it's what they do mm-hmm. um and when and we we do it as a family as a family they're just a crime <laughs> boss family yeah um and with goldie as a ringleader which i thought was really interesting dynamic too um because i think that they didn't and she's a girl mm-hmm. uh, which typically isn't how crime bosses yeah. are it's usually are male portrayed. dominated yeah, yeah. right um, but she was still rough and tough. She was still mean. Um, and she was weaker than the bears. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was the brains behind the operation, which I thought was really cool. And she was just cool. The way she was flipping and dipping off of their necks yep. and stuff. Amazing. She um, had like a shepherd's hook or something. She like did. She, she made use of a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, so I thought that was just really cool that they actually made the characters interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really like the introduction too because you just think they're bears. Like mm-hmm. there's not, they're just big, scary looking bears. Yeah. And then they start talking mm-hmm. and everything. And you then you just see their personality really mm-hmm. start to come out. Yeah, they're less yeah. scary at that yeah. point, honestly. Yeah, they, um, they are, but I liked it. Yeah. yeah. The papa plays piano and yeah. mama's looking at hats and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the way they torture the cat ladies, they yeah. stick her at the piano and he starts playing it. Man, kind of thing. that was actually a scene that I didn't like watching because I just know how loud pianos are. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, this That's actually a good torture hurts. scene. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't like that. But it wasn't a bad scene. I think right, most people right. would like it. But, yeah. Um, but the with them as like sort of a quadruple collective, well, the theme for their arc was found family. Um, the quad squad found quad squad. family. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so found family. Um, and it's a theme that's sort of played with, not even just with them, but they're almost um, going on the same journey as the other trio of Puss in Boots, Southpaws, and Perrito, uh, in a different way, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. But, um, what I really liked is that for um, there's three main uh, entities that kind of grow. Papa, again, he's just chilling. He's just Papa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's Goldilocks, there's uh, Baby Bear, and there's Mama Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we'll start with like Mama Bear, let's say. Sure. Um, what I think, or maybe Mama and Baby a little bit, but what I think is really cool about those two characters in particular is that Mama Bear goes in, um, and the Papa and Mama, they're cool with Goldilocks. They love her. They think mm-hmm. she's part of the family, all that stuff. But something that I think Mama Bear uh, even says that she knew is that she knew that Goldie not only is not a bear, um, but that she wanted something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of near the end of the movie, when Goldie uh, finally tells them, I'm not a bear, I want a real quote-unquote family, mm-hmm. Mama just accepts it. She doesn't get mad, but she says, we kind of always knew. Yeah. And yeah. even though it hurts, we're still going to try and get you what you Yeah, want. I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. Like even Teared up right there. Mm-hmm. One of those yeah. cry tear things. Yeah. I'm doing it right now, too. Yeah. <laughs> Just remembering it now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I have some tissues for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I thought that was uh, really cool as well because that's how unconditional their love was. Yeah. Even if you don't want to be with us, we love you so much that we'll help you pursue your dream mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Yeah. Because that's how much we care about you kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. M- Mama Bear always, to me, felt like the emotional heart yeah. mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of the family. And then Baby Bear was kind of had that sibling rivalry mm-hmm. with uh, Goldilocks, which that was really enjoyable, too, because you'd see them bickering and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, but also Baby Bear, I think, 
cool thing about his personality was um, Baby Bear wanted to be smarter than he actually was, mm -hmm. and he felt like less of a valuable member and was maybe a little bit jealous of Goldilocks yeah. Yeah, over that, sure. which kind of fueled that sibling rivalry mm -hmm. that they had going on. But the other thing I noticed about that is there's that scene uh, where I think it must have been dad or mom or something like that grabbed a hold of the map and then their cottage appeared. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they started doing flashbacks. I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but that family was never originally a mafia type right. family. Yep. I think they only did that because that's what Goldilocks yes, exactly. uh, wanted. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they were just, mm -hmm. they loved her so much that they would help her with whatever she wanted mm -hmm. to do kind yeah, of thing because yeah. i think like the end of that movie they were like well let's just go back to the cabin yeah. again like mm -hmm. they didn't even care about being a mafia yeah and even anymore. you can yeah, see yeah, that yeah. that was the mom's priority um because when they were talking about the wish uh i think it, maybe it was baby who was saying yeah we could be a uh crime syndicate and the mm -hmm. mom was like a crime family yeah right i yeah. thought that was that was really beautifully like inserted in there right um, yeah but i think too uh, one scene that was really good that we kind of alluded to was when they were at the star. Uh, the environment of the star at the end was once you get to the edge of the star, it's going to like yeet you out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if that means yeet you out of existence because we don't know where the Jack Hornet's um, servant person went after she got just taken out. Mm -hmm. um, but regardless, it's not good. We also... Yeah. It looked like the star was actually up in the air. Yeah, too. it was. Yeah. yeah. So we don't even. I kind of just thought because it was in the ground mm -hmm. at first, yeah. and then yeah. it slowly got up. And I don't, I don't think I paid attention enough to realize it was in the air until yeah. later. Mm -hmm. So you don't even know like if they're going to be yeeted off into the ground because they would die either yeah. way because it was yeah. high enough up that anyone who fell off would mm -hmm. die. Yeah. Or if they would be teleported yeah. out. They might have actually been teleported out of the forest. Maybe. Kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. No one returns from that. Well, so, yeah. and, and then there was that wall of energy where if you got absorbed into that, you just kind of got melted away because yeah. the surviving uh, Baker's Desert member. Yeah, so she's <laughs> gone. We don't know if she's dead or if she's, as Travis said, like teleported or something, but yeah. she's, she's, she's never comes back. Yeah, mm -hmm. she yeah. never comes back. It doesn't look like it ended particularly well. Yeah. And I loved it because you... It Jack Horner sets just, this just up. such a terrible person. <laughs> well, because like Jack Horner has the map and he has the choice to read the wish mm -hmm. or to go save the surviving Baker's dozen yeah. person. And he, of course, he's Jack Horner, so yeah. he wants to go the read the wish, busy? <laughs> right? But he sets it up for Goldilocks and mm -hmm. her fa family because the same thing happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they show you the stakes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and then you see Goldilocks going through the same dilemma, except she actually has a conscience yeah. mm -hmm. this time. And she has to wrestle with, like, this thing that I want, is it really more important than losing what I already have right. mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. thing? And then that's when you see her make the decision to go and rescue. And then all her and Mama and Daddy Bear, they go and they pull Baby Bear mm -hmm. out of it together. And so that's kind of like their arc wrapped up there yeah. is that decision that she makes that no the family I have now is way more important than mm -hmm. this dream that I've always been chasing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. even really when they stop bickering. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's kind of the end of the movie, so there isn't too much time to bicker. <laughs> right, yeah. But with um, both Baby and Goldilocks, that's when they really come to accept each other mm -hmm. in particular. Um, so for Goldie, I think it's really cool because she has to, uh, to weigh, um, as you said, sort of do I 
asked for this thing that I've never had. I mean, because she's been with the bear since she was a child. Mm -hmm. um, so do I ask for this thing that I don't even know what it's going to be like and hope that it's better than what I already have? Or do I stick with what I have, which is a loving family, which is what I want? Yeah. I find I would find it very funny if she makes her wish and nothing changes. Mm. Oh. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that actually would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, if she wished for a loving family and then yeah, there are the bears. Uh -huh. Yeah, like uh. it, it does goes through the like ropes or whatever, right? Like mm -hmm. it's scenery changes. She poofs into yeah. a different place. She's like, I'm gonna see my loving family. It's yeah. the three bears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then that would have meant that she had to make the selfish choice. Yeah. Uh, then it would have been good morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not just choosing one family over the other. It's literally letting my old family die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Potentially mm -hmm. uh, to go after this new family. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I can't do that. These yeah. people are too important to me. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. But once she does forego the wish... Um, she has now accepted the bears as her found family. Mm -hmm. um, and especially for Baby, he is shocked uh, yeah. when she does that. Um, and also, he's about to die. But um, as she saves him, like he's, he's just gibbering and, and crying and all that other <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, she says, You'll, you're the smash, I'm the grab line. Yeah. Um, but after that, because the whole movie, Baby has been just dogging on Goldilocks. He's like, she's not a bear. Yeah. Why is she here? Right. Uh, you know, and um, you're not my sister, that type of stuff. Yeah. But after that, he's like, you, you pulled me out of the <laughs> and all that stuff. And yeah. so really at that scene, that's where they both just kind of are locked, you know, in, yeah. in this family unit. I think that's I, really I cool. love the decision to go with that Eastern London Cockney yeah. accent and kind of yeah, thing yeah, that yeah, the yeah, fam yeah. they went with with yeah, the bears. Like, um, when he's talking to Jack, he's like, I'm going to mess you up, plum Funk, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wear your clothes in that part. <laughs> Wait, was he? Have you guys seen the Bullet Train? Yeah. yeah. Was he the person that was he? Was that the voice actor? Oh, from him? The, the guy, the Thomas guy, the black guy, the Thomas the Take Engine guy oh, from. No. I don't think the, so. The way, the way you said it made me think of that. I'm like, hold mm. up, I don't actually remember the bear's voice, but mm. that made me. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it that voice does sound similar. Okay. Um, I could see it He's actually. A diesel. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, he was hysterical in, in that movie. I loved him in that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of Goldilocks. So mm -hmm. who else do we have? Uh, we have Kitty Softpaws. We have Perrito. So so let's do Kitty Softpaws because you kind of alluded earlier that she was in the first movie. And yep. so Travis and I have not seen the first movie. Okay. Yeah. So there's probably some stuff in that that I'm assuming we should know for the second mm. one. Because uh, they allude to, like, uh, in the movie, the, the church and how um, – Puss ends up being afraid again and walking away mm -hmm. from it, yeah. uh, which that was a really cool cinematic shot too. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Kill Bill mm -hmm. in that because there's it's the same thing where it's this church out in the middle of the desert. There's like nothing around it, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so anything from that first movie that would be relevant train. for this one? Yeah. Um, so one dynamic and really um, the whole thing with Kitty Softpaw's character arc is uh, kind of, as you said in the beginning, every character has something that is human about them, a desire that is human about them. Mm -hmm. And for Kitty, that is trust. Um, there's sort of a minor element of found family in there, but mostly it's just trust. Who can I trust? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in the first movie, Puss in Boots, 
Goody is hired as a uh, as a thief, you know, by the Humpty Dumpty, um, the egg guy. Um, so she works with Puss in Boots to steal a golden egg, or not even the golden egg, the golden goose. Um, okay. Which is weird because it's like a baby goose. Uh, so I don't remember exactly how that dynamic works, but um, they went up to Jack and the Beanstalk uh, place, stole the goose, uh, and came back down. And the whole thing about the first movie was that, well, maybe not the whole thing, but Kitty Softpaws betrays Puss in Boots. Um, so you, you kind of realize that she's been doing this for a long time, not only betraying other people, but also being betrayed, um, mm. because that's what she expected. Um, and in particular, one thing I think is really cool about Kitty Softpaws is that the reason that her paws are soft is because her owners declawed her. Mm. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. I think they might have alluded that briefly in yeah. this movie mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a big thing um and so she was with these people that she loved that she trusted and her first experience being betrayed was that i'm going to take your tools away mm-hmm. yeah um, and this thing that is a part of you it's not yeah uh, the way i've heard it described from people is when you declog hat it's essentially taking away their fingers yeah uh, their fingertips yeah yeah um especially because they walk on their fingertips Mm -hmm. because they have to be so quiet it's like imagine if you just had little nubs on on the edge of your fingers with no fingernails or anything like that and you're just you'd have to walk on that so um so that's kind of the way that she views the world is that if you trust people they're going to hurt you um and so during the first movie it's a similar process as a second movie but obviously there's some more payoff in the second um, they're introduced, and she is introduced to Puss in Boots as a, also a thief, um, mm-hmm. because he kind of has to be. Um, and we can get into the plot of the first movie a little more later, but um, or maybe not even. Uh, we're talking about the second movie, and the second <laughs> yeah. movie is just better. But um, she sees Puss in Boots as a thief. He sees her as a thief, and so she's used to that dynamic mm-hmm. of people don't trust me, I don't trust them. Um, and so in the second movie... Um, this happens, obviously, after the first movie. Um, she comes in with that same mindset. This time, she's not hired by anybody, but she's doing her own thing. She wants that wish. But the thing that she wants to wish for is to find someone that she can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I think is really cool is that she actually has to change her definition of what it means to trust somebody and just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and be willing to be hurt um, because Puss in Boots in this movie fails. Um, like he is introduced, like they meet each other again, um, and they're obviously at odds. They're both trying to get the wish. Um, and throughout the whole venture, really, they don't trust each other. So he's like, yeah, yeah. Just, just let me hold it. And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even the dog. Dog is this innocent little child, little baby man. Um, and she's like... <laughs> I trust him. I don't trust him, but I trust him more than you. And that's how she she operates. It's yeah. just not who does she trust, but who does she not trust less. Right. Um, and then at the even at the uh, like sort of Puss's big climactic scene in the mirror dimension sort of thing, um, after that, and he's running, she is faced with, uh, and even uh, before that, when he confesses to her and he's like, hey, I'm sorry that I left you at the altar, which was very surprising to me that they yeah. introduced this, like, just marriage mm-hmm. um, in this way. And then also just running away from marriage. I was like, yeah. whoa, what's this adult theme? I know. Uh, you know, yeah. that was crazy. Yeah. But she was just tossed around her whole life of just, 
hey, I found this person that I love. I'm going to get married. And then he didn't show up. And then I found this wish that I'm going to make so that I can find someone that I trust. And he shows up to challenge that. Um, and he wants the wish for himself. And then later, uh, he confesses to me, and now we're good again. And then he runs away again with the mm-hmm. thing that I was trying to do in the beginning, which is get the wish. And then at the end, she, she gives him another choice of, here's the wish. You can have it. Yeah. Um, and so she really has to change her definition of, uh, or throughout the movie, of what it means to trust somebody. And she just has to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what she does, really, at the end of the movie. Of even though Puss has betrayed her multiple times, she still fights for him. Yeah. You know, at the end, she still fights Jack Horner for Puss to get that wish. Mm-hmm. Right? So, which I think is really cool. And then at the end, um, because she places her trust in him, even when she gives him that little dagger, the gatito blade, yeah. um, that is sort of, uh, not only does it help him, but it also helps her. Um in a in keep it keeping him alive, yeah. but it shows that she's willing to give up a part of herself, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. Yeah, um, well, it then, represents that trust too, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and even especially for Puss and Boots because he also didn't trust anybody other than right. himself. Yeah. Um, so for her, she gave up a, a part of herself to save the person that she loved, and for him, it was he lost his sword again, and he had to rely on somebody else and not mm-hmm. the legend of Puss in Boots mm-hmm. and that was the only reason that he lived was where he pulled out the my catito blade uh, yeah. doesn't Puss in Boots say death. something along the lines of I work alone kind of thing he does yeah so okay yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's an interesting relationship between Kitty Sawpaws and Puss in Boots because part of Puss in Boots learning how to be vulnerable was building those connections rebuilding the connection with Kitty but also with Pero as well mm-hmm. Um, and so like they're feeding off of each other because even though they don't trust each other, you can tell that the attractions and the feelings are there. Like when they're selling down the river and she uses the, uh, what was it? The Quito blade or Catito blade, yeah. Catito blade, uh, to like shave off his hobo beard mm-hmm. <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like him letting her do it and her doing it and taking care of him, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I also thought that was like, man. For people who don't trust each other, they are yeah. very trusting in yeah. that situation. Yeah, but it's it's funny because it's it's almost like a standoff whenever mm-hmm. they interact with each other because they both know that they have these feelings. Yeah, but they also both know that they don't both don't trust each other. <laughs> right. Um. So they're just making eye contact, and it's a it's always a fifty fifty. Um, yeah. With with their interaction. Well, I think it was cool. a big moment I feel too. Like it's when... a very cat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is true. But I thought it was a, a big moment, too, when Kitty revealed to um, Puss that, well, I wasn't there either at the wedding because mm-hmm. I knew that your ego was so big, you could only ever love yourself. I love that part. Uh, yeah, and that was kind of like a big moment for Puss to realize, mm-hmm. wow, like, that's big kind of thing. So you really see that. Uh, Almost as big as my ego. <laughs> yeah, like, she learns how to uh, trust and he learns how to overcome the fear mm-hmm. and have something to live for other than just himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like the other side element of that battle with death at the end is because he has the chance to go out and take the wish. And even death is taunting him, like, go ahead, take the coward's way out. Are yeah. you going to take the coward's way out mm-hmm. kind Pick of thing? Up. Yeah, it which it's the whole thing Puss has been looking for this whole movie, and he puts it down. And I think that's when Kitty realizes he's changed Mm -hmm. now like i can trust him yeah not only that but when she finds out it's actually death 
Yeah. Like, oh, I thought you were. You were I thought that was a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. also something that uh, I think is still ambiguous. Like, is it? Do people like notice him throughout the entire movie when he's they, in other they stuff? They seem to notice him when he showed up at the end. Yeah, at the end, at the but end, he was yeah. also like in that street when Puss in Boots is running away. Do the other mm-hmm. people acknowledge that he exists? Because he's just there staring the, at the them. way. The way I interpreted it is, uh, Puss only would pay attention to him because of his interaction. Okay. Death has always just kind of been there in the background, but he's not like, just like us, right? Uh-huh. When we all saw the movie the first time, we never noticed death standing there in the crowd, yeah. Yeah. but he was there only did, so when we recognized who he was, we started paying attention. He's actually death then, or do we think that he's just a really great bounty hunter? No, I no, think no, he's death. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, okay. I think the movie was like, cause he goes, I'm literally death yeah. but i feel like, like this is not a metaphor a really cool bounty hunter would try to do too Let yeah him, be real. i think so uh in particular the scene at the star where everybody else gets blown away and he just walks through it uh-huh. like that's not bounty hunter territory yeah that's, that's like, like supernatural yeah. territory okay. on uh, it yeah no i i think yeah because he's always been there every time Puss has died he's super, been there he's uh, super cool but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he would be a he's cool body hunter, he's but... Sick. He's just sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no. So, like, to me, like, that is a big deal. I also think we should talk a little bit about Pero, too. Yeah. I think it's easy to lose sight of Pero. Because he's so Perito. There are a couple things with Perito that I really liked. Um, one, I loved that his backstory was as tragic as it was yeah and that we could see it through not only um our own perspective but through puss in boots and uh kitty soft paws's perspective he talks about it like it's the it was a happy time and yeah they're like they're like yo that's 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 me- horrendous yeah, yeah. uh-huh uh-huh. like he was like haha my family always like played hide and seek with me mm-hmm. but i'd always find them yep. no matter how many miles we were they left me be- yeah there. yeah so then, at some point, I had to lose, though, because they put me in a bag mm-hmm. and threw me in the river. Yep. Yeah, it was like a, a sock. Yep. And, yeah. And a, yeah, and that's what he's still wearing is uh-huh. the sock that... Yeah. Uh, so that was... All, another thing that they do in this movie is they just they just set up characters really well mm-hmm. because he's had that sock on the whole movie. Yeah, the whole movie. And so he's, when he says, oh, yeah, the reason that I have this sock is because I grew into it because I couldn't take it off um, mm-hmm. because they threw me in a river with a rock in the yeah. sock. Uh, so now I just have a free sweater. Then they're like, yo, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But that's what I love about Pero is if anybody should be upset and selfish mm-hmm. and want a wish, mm-hmm. if anyone in this whole story should want it, it should be Pero. But the secret of Pero is that he's learned to be content with I what he, he has. Probably and- wish to be a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. Like That's what he wanted to oh. do the entire time. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, yeah. That yeah. might be because he... At the end, I think he realizes uh, he's got friends, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Yeah. When Puss in Boots and uh, what's her name? I forget. Kitty Softpaws. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing he doesn't have anymore, well, the only thing he hasn't accomplished, essentially, that he wants to accomplish is being a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but so that's something I think is really cool about his character because I think that in a lot of movies, um, it can be really easy to introduce Mm-hmm. a morally upstanding character and just have them exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But for Perito, he actually does have ambition. Mm-hmm. What he wants is friends and he does want to be a therapy dog. Right. And so yep, I think yep. it's really cool that 
when they first introduce him, he wants to be Puss in Boots' friend, mm-hmm. right? He's not just, oh, hello, Puss in Boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then he gets dragged along or something like that. But he does push the, for- the story forward, and he does get to be a therapy dog, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was – it was – Definitely one of the most heartfelt scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that like with Puss in the Forest. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was it was just masterfully done, um, because uh, I I think just the way that they everything was dark, um, Puss in Boots was was running was tired, and I think in that situation even I was like I don't know how they're going to fix this. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. because he he's just having a panic attack, and that's mm-hmm. not something that you see. In especially in kids' movies, but yep. just in movies in general. Normally, people are just, especially the hero character, it's like, oh, you know, he, he's okay. But Puss in Boots, he, he just... He <laughs> off. And he's, he's hyperventilating. Yeah. Um, you can hear, like, the, the whining um, uh, noise in his ear. Yeah, like, I think sometimes you can hear his, like, heart beating, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Uh, um, and so he's just sitting here actually in a panic. Um, and and Perro just comes up, he looks him in the eyes and he puts his head on his lap, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. That's uh, and it. sometimes that's all you need. That's mm-hmm. ju- it was a beautiful, beautiful scene. Yeah. yeah. So and he he doesn't say anything. Yeah. He just comes up and he just puts his head on his lap, and it's I think it's beautiful because, um, for the most part, when he said I want to be a therapy dog, I was like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like when he oh, lifted was, up his yeah. shirt. Yeah. He's um, yeah. I was like, all right, you're going to have to put that thing away. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to have to not ever dream that dream again <laughs> yeah. because that's gross. But then he gets his chance yeah. and he does it. So I think that was really cool that they actually had some payoff mm-hmm. for that specific like small scene of just, yeah, I want to be a therapy dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that was, and it's, I think it's also really cool because Pedro acknowledges the hurt that is around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he doesn't just want just say, I just want everyone to be happy. I just want everyone to, to not fight or something. But he says, I want to help people. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Pero's a super cool character yeah. in it. Um, so I think that's like all the major characters. And are we missing anyone? Well, we haven't talked about uh, Puss in Boots himself. Uh, yeah, I was wondering that. Like, did we technically talk about him? Kind of did with like kinda. the... Uh, axing but yeah we can go more into him too yeah, for yeah. sure um a couple of things with puss in boots um his main theme of course is the fear of death mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i i just i talked about it before but i loved the scene where he's fighting death and he doesn't realize it until death makes him bleed that he's like oh i'm gonna die yeah. I thought that was excellently done because he uses, like, for example, the same move where he did the Spanish splinter mm-hmm. where he goes, ha ha, and he's just spinning and all that yeah, other stuff. Yeah. Death grabs him by the throat and he says, you're not living up to the legend. Yeah. Um, and then he constantly screaming yeah. through the glass and stuff on like, the counter. Constantly berating him and telling him how bad he is. Mm-hmm. And he's slowly starting to realize it of just, hey, I might actually lose that fight. And that's okay. But then once death starts swinging and then slices a bit of like uh, his forehead and he reaches up and he touches his hand and they actually showed blood, blood yeah. which right. I thought was also crazy for a yeah. kid's movie. 
Um, obviously, he wasn't, you know, just gushing or anything like that. Yeah. But that's when his hair starts to stand up on his arms. He looks around, and it gets all quiet. And you see the wolf, of course, doing the wolf thing where he's yeah. like, mm, I just love the smell of fear, right? It's wonderful because so good. They, they used the animalistic sides of the characters to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but then for Puss in Boots, it's the first time that it's not just I'm going to lose. It's I'm going to die. And that's, again... Mind-blowing for him. Mind-blowing for him. And, again, in a kid's movie, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Because the, the biggest, baddest villain isn't just saying, I want to take over the world. I want to be the head of this company. I want. It's like no. I want. I want you to die. Yeah, yeah that's like, it. That's yeah. my goal. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and it's yeah. so personal. Yeah, um, that it's it just immediately sets the stage for these huge stakes of it's not just. And I think it's also funny because you can have Avengers level threats where it's all right. He's going to destroy half the population, and it's big, but. Puss in Boots is just so personal because it's not just, yeah, I'm going to wipe out half the world. I don't know who they are, but they're just going to die. It's like, no, I want you to die. You mm-hmm, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, it's, it just well, makes And you it get invested scary. because how they convey like Puss's emotions mm-hmm. throughout, like right, you can yeah. connect with this mm-hmm. fantastical cat yeah. uh, on yeah. a human level. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that even... Uh, the the following scenes that uh, we had talked about um, really just show again his his progression after that of shame, um, where he has to again acknowledge I'm small and I am weak, and the only way that I can ex- escape is to go through this toilet, right? So he has to swim through the sewers. After that, he has to walk alone um, to this. He was still freaking place. out by the time we got out of the service. He was looking he was. back constantly yeah. like he was expecting the wolf to follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool, too, because throughout his whole life, he's mm-hmm. been alone. But this time, it's different. Like, this time, he is ashamed of himself. Mm-hmm. Before, it was, you know, the greatest adventurer always travels alone. And now, yeah. you're still alone. But now, it's a different perspective. Now, you're not the greatest adventurer. Yeah. Puss in Boots is dead. Um, and he lost shows, his sword, too. Lost yeah. his sword? Oh, my gosh. At the end, when death comes... And he throws and him throws a sword. And the sword the whole yeah, time. Yeah. He throws it in pick front it of Puss. Pick it yeah. up. Oh, man. <laughs> I, well, I love it, too, because then uh, Puss disarms Wolf and mm-hmm. says, pick it up. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. That's so yeah, good. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I really liked the, the, um, the way that they portrayed the shame of the hero. Because um, that's also not very common. Um, you can see the hero be in sorry states, but Puss in Boots was ashamed of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and even uh, when he was singing his song, who is the greatest fearless yeah. hero, hero. <laughs> um, at the end of it, he says, instead of saying, you are, uh, he says, you were. Uh, right? I didn't catch yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I think that like just the way every single scene has some sort of merit in this movie Mm -hmm, Um, and mm -hmm. I just love that they've tackled so much with Puss in Boots because he also embodied all of the elements that the other characters had to learn so it was the fear of death it was to trust Mm -hmm. learning to trust it was found family as well yep Um, so it was just beautifully done with all of those 
Um, actually changing <laughs> too. Mm-hmm. Actually changing. Jack Horner did not yeah. <laughs> change um, at all. But also something I think is really cool with Puss in Boots and Kitty Softpaws in relation to Pedro is that he also learns from them. Mm-hmm. Um, like he is just this ignorant little baby dog. Um, but from them, he learns like uh, just different perspective where they're like, no, actually th- it's bad that that happened to you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you can tell Pero had to be in complete denial yeah. about it as a way for him to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why he's always this optimistic person, because if he were to let himself go to that level with all the horrible things that happened, yeah, to him, he, would have to he would probably break. Yeah. Bad, he would have yeah. to acknowledge that the stuff that happened. Yeah. Was bad. Yeah. So that's how he coped. Mm-hmm. But then he was able to use that to show everyone else, hey, there's a better way to mm-hmm. live. Yeah. What but are even your values with and him? They showed him that even though the world is evil and dark and scary, we accept you anyways. Mm-hmm. Like we trust you anyways. And yeah. so that was really cool that both of them learned from their opposite dynamics. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to talk about with Puss before we move on? I think we're pretty set. Okay, I think I'm sweet. Set. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So the part. last thing, the last major character that we need to talk about, death. You know, uh, I can't remember if we said this earlier in the podcast or if this was before the podcast. Uh, one of the things we were talking about is how um, I was listening to somebody else talk about the movie and they said that death is probably the greatest villain since Scar from mm-hmm. The Lion King. Um, and I agree with that. I, I think Scar is an awesome villain. I really love Scar. Uh, but... I think there's an argument to be made that death is even a better villain mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. Scar yep, yep. Uh, in this movie. Uh, and I love th- the way they, they set it up was really smart um, because there's a lot of ways to set villains up and to set them up well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they did is actually they borrowed something from Terminator 2. Oh, the, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So they set it up where you see the Terminator come down, mm-hmm. and he goes into this bar, and they have a fight, and yep, yep. he's strong, he's powerful, he destroys everyone, nothing phases him. He is this unstoppable, unkillable force, mm-hmm. right? Until he meets the, what was the T, what was the newer model? T-1000? Was it the T-1000? I forget. I forget. Uh, but anyways... And it's this thin, kind of scrawny-looking guy. And you're like, well, Terminator should absolutely destroy this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And initially, it looks like he does. But then you realize this guy's laid out, made out of liquid metal and can just regenerate himself. And then you see him just take the Terminator down mm-hmm. with it. And so by setting up how great the hero is, um, you show how even greater the villain is mm-hmm. when he's able to take yeah. the hero down. And that's exactly what they did when they were doing the fight with the governor and the soldiers and the fight with the giant. Mm-hmm. They were setting up how great Puss in Boots mm-hmm. actually is in order to show how much greater uh, death yeah. is mm-hmm. uh, with it. And I really love that, the visual design for Death 2 with the two sides. I don't know why, I almost got this like almost Egyptian death vibe from him with the mm-hmm. sides right, um, right, right. with it. And then just how they took advantage of the eyes throughout. Mm-hmm. The eyes are like what you always remember when you yeah. see death. They're mm-hmm. just this haunting, glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. And then even the the music, that kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Kill Bill 
where the lady's doing like her song as she's walking down the hospital mm. okay. out okay. with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she's whistling too. Uh, and so you just always associate that with her. It's the same thing with death. When you hear that whistle, yeah. mm-hmm. you know exactly what that means. You don't yeah. even need to see him mm-hmm. anymore. And I love how just at ease and relaxed it is like when um, Puss is running away. Death isn't like frantically trying yeah. to follow him mm-hmm. or, or chase him mm-hmm. down the streets or anything. He just casually walks down. He's not in a rush yep. mm-hmm. to take Puss out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and everything yeah. i just thought the way they did um him was so well done it made me think of i don't know if you guys saw the kenobi show i have not uh, no okay i don't know it's the one Bruh. where well yeah we, we did we a have, podcast we on did, it we I'm, I'm, i meant for sterling but you know one of the things we we had about the main villain from that show uh third sister i think was her name uh-huh, uh-huh. was she was always screaming and yelling it was like she was overcompensating for things like by her trying to be intimidating and trying so hard to be intimidating she actually came across as the opposite mm-hmm. just weak and ineffectual uh and not a compelling villain at all um this they really knew how to just stroke the fear and the intensity of the situation because at all times he was just very calm and then like what you were talking about where he's mocking him mm-hmm. and he's like when he drops his sword he's like pick it up yeah. like pick it up yeah. <laughs> i like that yep, yep, it's yep, all yep. so cool mm-hmm. it's so cool and then to find out later on that like he's in the background of a lot of these mm-hmm. scenes uh does a really good job yeah. i really like that i'm kind of curious about your guys thoughts on death I think he was pretty cool. Uh, I oh, the first time I saw him was at the bar. Yeah. I believe the second time I saw him was when they're running away from Jack Corner's factory. Yeah, and so after that, uh, I never really saw him in all those like more secretive scenes. I guess. Uh huh. Um, I. I'm like I was like 99 percent sure that he was death at the end. But one percent of me, like, what was? It? What if he was just a cool bounty hunter? Like, what if he was just like a very cool bounty hunter kind of thing? Yeah. Um, he it it was ambiguous a lot of times too because of that for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if uh he for one if he's corporal, um if people can actually see him or if it's just like a, a figment of Puss in Boots's imagination until the end, or if he could like change that at will kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he. He's death, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he, Puss in Boots technically beat death. Mm. The greatest hero, the greatest adventure, that whole song. It's valid. He beat death, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did beat death, but I don't think it was the sword play that... Oh, no, it wasn't, but yeah. like, how many people can say they beat death yeah. or cheated death mm-hmm. or anything? That's, that's a huge like accomplishment in storytelling. Like, that's not yeah. something that people just throw out there, in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. cheating death, beating death. Like, in Harry Potter, um, the only reason why death couldn't... Like, the three magical items that are supposed to be super powerful. One of them yeah, the, the Deathly cloak. Hollows. And the only reason why death couldn't kill the person with the visibility cloak was because he always had it on. Mm. Um, and so death couldn't find him. And that was, like, a huge thing until the guy just took it off and he was like, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, in the end... Technically, at the end, Death is the greatest bounty hunter because he always gets his man. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's true. So mm-hmm. he was also. I really did like the scythes. 
Um, they were like more like sickles, I would say. More yeah. Because so. mm-hmm. um, I feel like a scythe has like a longer stick. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, it's more of a sickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a one hand scythe kind of thing. Um, definitely like uh, how there wasn't like the usual weapons in the sense that he used. I like, I, I'm tired of seeing swords. I want to see more stuff than swords being used in shows and movies. Yeah. Um, and he was there to harvest, essentially, oh, plus yeah. boots. So mm. he was there to reap his soul or whatever they do in that mm. universe. I don't I don't know. They got talking magical cats. Like, it could be entirely different what mm-hmm. death does. Y- yeah. Um, but also that he... It's interesting to me that he's, once again, corporal. Like, it's mm. not... Something that he's Puss in Boots is seeing on his deathbed, in a sense, mm-hmm. um, and no one else is able to see him. Everyone can see him. Mm-hmm. Death is a person in this universe. He might go unnoticed, but people can see him. People can technically interact with him. Yeah. Um, and he's always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think something. Uh, I I would also like to add on to the um the introduction of death um because what's interesting about death is a couple of things one i like that the death part is his job Mm -hmm. like i I would say that death is a lawful evil type of guy where he has he he has rules Mm -hmm. uh, and he does things not just because he wants to Mm -hmm. but because that's what should be done yeah yeah, Um, yeah yeah and so when but i should say when he comes to Puss in Boots, like he likes when people fight back, mm-hmm. um, and he likes when people are scumbags because mm-hmm. then they're it's easier to, to want to kill them because they're mm-hmm. a scumbag. Um, and so, one of the reasons that he degrades Puss and puts him in these horrible situations where it's like, you know, you can't tell where I am, like in the mirror dimension mm-hmm. sort of thing, can't tell where I am, everything's red, everything is scary, all that, because he, he wants to expose that self-righteousness that mm-hmm. grandi like self-aggrandizing sort of attitude that puss has um and that's what he wants to destroy like mm-hmm. he wants to knock that down a peg yeah which i think is really cool um and even so much so that at the end when he loses to puss in boots like he comes and puss is like all right i won you're, you're done and death is like i came for this person this type of person this uh, selfish little piece of garbage and that's not you mm-hmm. and then he leaves yeah he just leaves he just leaves like he's like live your life and that's it and he's yeah. just done um, i'll be back right and so he he operates on a on a moral code which i think is absolutely amazing that he's not just this guy who i want that soul i am owed that soul give it to me now please uh thank you very much but he's like this is what i came for that's not you I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome um, yeah. to me. Um, but then also just the way that he was introduced, I w- another thing I love about it is that, again, that he is a wolf through and through. Mm-hmm. He loves the chase. He loves when his he uh, loves target, the hunt. he loves the hunt. And so he comes. Um, he appears when Puss is like drinking his, his leche. He's slurping it up. <laughs> and he's just there. And yeah. again... Uh, as you were saying, the way that he's introduced is that the the giant Puss in Boots defeats the giant. It's like, oh, he can use his environment well. Mm-hmm. He um, can take down this thing that's 
massive massive how are you taking that down right how yeah. how would you do that and then puss in boots does it right mm-hmm. he does it with style mm-hmm. and then death comes he appears so he, it's like okay so he's very very sneaky yeah extremely sneaky to where puss in boots would not notice even if he got stabbed in the back right now yeah so that's scary right he is casual so he he didn't like <sighs> Yeah, I'm gonna get you pushing boots or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like cartoony villain right. kind of. Yeah, um, but he's just casually, he's just sitting there sipping his whatever he's sipping, um, and he's like, "Yeah, so um, I, I'm I'm a big fan, and I think it's really funny because the way that he's initially introduced is just like, I'm a big fan. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like breathing really heavily, <laughs> yeah. and he puts out the thing, and he's like, hey, I really I don't I never do this, <laughs> but can I get you an autograph <laughs> and stuff like that? So he just sounds like this really weird nerdy sort of guy. At first, I was like. This is kind of cringe. Yeah. Um, but then of, he's I was like, like creepy and cringe. Yeah, at the creepy, same time. creepy cringe. Like, this is weird. And then he pulls out the, the wanted poster and he's like, sign right here at the yeah. dead. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. He's I creepy. <laughs> um, so then uh, Puss in Boots realizes and he's like, haha, fear me if you die. And then he loses his sword. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so you're like, okay. So he's good. Like, and it slowly introduces these different aspects of death where it's like, okay, he's very sneaky. Okay, he wants to kill Puss in Boots. Okay, he's better than Puss in Boots. Okay, he's a lot better than Puss yeah. in Boots. And he can afford to talk the entire time and tear Puss in Boots down. Um, and then even after, because even after he says, I want you to sign right here, and it's like, okay, he's a bounty hunter. But when he throws Puss in Boots around, he uses the environment to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he slices off the bit at his forehead. Then it's like, okay, he's actually going to kill Puss in Boots. Yep. Yeah, right? he's and not it slowly messing introduces around. That. Um, but then also, in addition to that, with uh, kind of going back on the hunt part of the, part of the thing, the whistle is not just like for thematic pers- purposes. Like... He gives him something to be afraid of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that even if you don't see me, if you hear this, you're going to be afraid. Yeah. And I think that is amazing because either one works. Because when he's uh, running away from Jack Horner and he sees the wolf, he's afraid. Yeah. Yep, right? Yep. And so anytime you see it, you're going to be afraid. Then he's in um, the dark forest and Jack Horner is doing all this thing. And he's afraid. He's like, oh, dang. All this stuff is going on. This is wild. And then he hears. And he's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just masterfully done where he's given him two options. Both of them lead to fear. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's it's, it's just amazing. And even just the knowledge that I'm always going to be hunting you. I've been here your whole life. And every time you've died, I've been there. And mm-hmm. so him slowly realizing these things that the audience is realizing of who this guy is, how good this guy is, and he's been here every time that I've died. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. is, is scary. It's, it's a horror movie, um, hidden in a kid's movie. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's terrifying. Um, yeah, I've actually heard some parents say they felt it was a little too dark for their yeah. kids. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah it's, I, might, it's, I might have freaked out as a kid. <laughs> but it's, it's great. Um, like, and I think they did a really good job of introducing it in a way that I think a lot of kids honestly wouldn't understand, but not just because um, I think a lot of movies fall into this trap of if it's political, 
then kids won't understand it. Or if it's mm-hmm. very perverted, kids won't get the double entendre or something like that. Right. But Puss in Boots goes the route of this is a lot of depth, and it's going to be hard for a kid to process that depth with all these talking animals on the screen. So they're going to focus on the talking animals, and then the adults can focus on the thematic elements behind it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I thought was really cool. Um, and it just treated the audience with respect, you know, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so death was just this overarching um, force of nature, mm-hmm. which I thought was uh, amazing. Just he, the, the way that they did that with his character. Yeah. I realized that, I don't know if it was, some, some point I realized that he does something that humans excel at. Hmm. Uh, and I think it's called like pursuit hunting or something like that, hmm. where we can like hunt down a creature on days on end. Mm-hmm. Like we can follow it. We can, we take our time kind of thing. Um, because a lot of creatures get super tired really quickly when they got to exert themselves, but we can right. just go. Yeah. We have endurance. We have yeah. in, a ton of endurance. We can like hunt down a creature and you notice that with death. He's mm-hmm. not running after person right. boots. He's just going along kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of something that I think. As humans, we fear mm-hmm. because we're supposed to be good at this stuff. What are you doing, kind yeah. of thing? Or mm-hmm. so, it's just something I took note of when we were discussing death. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, and I think something that I think uh, also came into play in the last battle at the star was um, when death made that little ring. It also just exposed Puss in Boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was really cool. Like it exposed a that Puss in Boots has been telling the truth because this is actually death. Yeah. Um, but B every other time, like the first time that Puss in Boots fought, he took advantage of the environment where mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. um, running from the bell and wrapping the bell around the giant's horns and all that. But this time it's just you and me. Yeah. Just you and death, and mm-hmm. we're fighting right now. Yeah. Um, kind of. That's where like that Western vibe because even like death. The, his outfit that Death is wearing mm-hmm. gives you like a Western vibe, but like that gave me that, you know, that classic high noon vibe where mm-hmm. it's the two gunslingers yeah. staring mm-hmm. each other off kind of mm-hmm. thing. It was that kind of vibe that that scene gave me with yeah. it. It's just you and me, and we're about to have this epic duel yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And something that's really cool about um, just climactic battles that can be and should be implemented is that it's not just a battle of um, force of will. Or it's not just a battle of who's better than the other person, but usually it's a battle of philosophies, mm-hmm. right? And for death, he's again he's coming in with a set of rules or this understanding of who Puss in Boots is, and he's saying I'm coming for a scumbag who doesn't value his life, doesn't value other people, thinks he's a legend. That's what I'm coming to kill. And at, by the end of the battle, Puss in Boots, or really even at the beginning of the battle, he's he's obviously afraid. But when he's confronted with all of his past selves who have considered themselves legends and then they've been smashed mm-hmm. by death, he really has to reevaluate his character. Uh, and he does so um, fast. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, he does it. Um, and he has to trust in somebody else. Um, and he has to lose his weapon again. Um, mm-hmm. And he has to use other tools. Like he, he kicks death in the face. Um, and that's something that, A, I think is really funny just to say out loud. Um, but B, like he just, he normally uses his sword. That's the first time that I've seen him not use his sword. Yeah. Well, even he was going to die, but the only thing that saved him was the little dagger mm-hmm. that Kitty gave him. Yeah. 
kind of thing. And right. it's like without that little dagger that she had given him, he would have died yeah. mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. so you see that like every person, no matter how good they think they are, they need other people mm-hmm. in yeah. their lives in order to do well kind of thing. Because even with all that character growth and the decision to face death, he still would have died had it not been for the relationship right. he developed. Yeah, with absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's it was really cool too because they also, in that last fight, uh, humanized death a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. after he challenged Puss in Boots and lost, he came up, got in Puss in Boots' face. He was like, this is my last like chance to prove that you are still this scumbag, this guy who doesn't care about life. He's a mm-hmm. coward, stuff like that. And Puss stared him straight in the face. And then he turned around, started cursing. I, I had to look up what he said in Spanish. Uh, was um, it a bunch of curse words? Probably. I, I don't oh, really okay. know. But he's like... <laughs> 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 and yeah. uh, and I thought that was a really cool scene to include because they could have just had him go, live your life with some people. <laughs> yeah. But instead, he's like, no! <laughs> yeah. I want to kill him! Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a really, uh, really, again, humanizing scene for death, too. of just, man, I wanted to do my job, and you're yeah. not letting me do my job. <laughs> yeah, like that, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Death uh, loses. That's yeah. like the one time death loses, Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great story. Uh, great time. I've really enjoyed this uh, talk. I've enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie's was a so super good. good movie. Yeah, I have to so take my far, wife out to see it. Definitely movie of the year, but I've only seen like maybe one or two. Was Avatar kind of? No, Avatar's not movie of the year. No, no, not movie of the year, but it would be part of the contending like well, out of the options you I would choose, right? Because you Puss in Boots came out in 2022. It came out in like yeah. December. So did Avatar. Yeah, though, Avatar came out oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. around but the same time. All right, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So out of the two movies I've seen that are new, Puss in Boots is number one. Avatar, not even close, but number two. <laughs> I would give mine honestly to Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes, but I think Puss in Boots did that came out in a, December too. Not in December, but it came out in 2022. Yeah, yeah. if we're looking at 2022, I think you've got to consider Everything Everywhere All okay, at Once. Okay, yeah, I was thinking like 2023 because. I was yeah. thinking also like the um, more of the award show kind of like mm. range of the year rather than the actual year because they're not going to probably review 2022 December movies for the 2022 year, right? Because yeah. they usually do it sometime like November or something. I thought they did. Do they not? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up at this point. I don't watch uh, award shows. I don't watch. Yeah, those, I don't watch except them. for the video game award shows. So I want to see all. The oh yeah, I actually do drop. those too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, so. that's cool. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in and listening to us. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Omen, it's always a pleasure having you on. I hope the swamp works out for you. Let us know if you get the crocodile or not. Likewise. Uh, yeah. Um, get yeah. the crocodile, raise it up, and have it hunt stuff, and we'll have a good old mm. barbecue in the swamp. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, how can people find us? How can people find us? Well, our address is. <laughs> <laughs> and what's our social? <laughs> our social security number is 185-283-7892. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not even the right number. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> I think it's like 324. So I think it did 334. Uh, that's, our, that's our secret phone number. Don't call that. Don't edit that out, Jason. <laughs> Someone's gonna get blasted with that. That's staying in there. <laughs> I'm sorry, person. Uh, you can find us at Twitter. Um, dorky underscore desperate is our Twitter at, and we post stuff sometimes. We yeah, from time do to time. The podcast releases, but good place to know if we release a podcast or not. 
follow us there retweet our tweets like our likes uh and join us on this adventure that we call dorky and desperate and if you ever want to send in a communique or a transponder or whatever you want to send in send us in as an email to dorky and desperate at gmail.com so that we can hear you and we can be like we are loved <laughs> that's all we're looking this is all this is uh-huh. desperate that, cry that's, for that's validation our, that's, our, that's our journey, of this yeah. journey. We want to be loved. <laughs> yeah we're just very needy desperate uh-huh. men all right uh-huh. don't judge us uh-huh. just love us <laughs> uh, this has been i love these even though i'm often not speaking as much in these i really do love these um i it makes me want to just not be the normal what i normally do in movies is just turn off my brain mm-hmm. but not yet i'm not doing that yet uh, pretty colors yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's honestly it's a good way to enjoy movies like i don't it have is. to be critical until afterwards and then i can be like hold up now, there are movies i do that like i want to see uh, cocaine bear uh <laughs> And that's a movie I plan on turning my brain off and just going and trying to have fun. So, yeah. Um, All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.